welcome to another episode of D is for Disney, the podcast, your favorite source for the best Disney news, media, theme park information, merch, pins, quizzes, and so much more. I'm your host, Neil Tucker. Hey there, Disney fam. Welcome back to D is for Disney, the podcast. This is your host, Neil Tucker. We are at episode number 27. 27, which is really cool. And today's episode, instead of a roundup of news, we are actually going to do a full-on review of Pixar's brand new film, Onward. And we have a special guest. That special guest is my wife. Hello. (laughs) All right, let's get right to it. All right, so before we get into the review, I'd like for you to meet our special guest slash my wife, Amanda. Why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Yeah, well, uh, I've been a Disney fan ever since I can remember. I uh, know that that's one of the things that Neil and I connected on early on in our friendship and our relationship. Uh, When I was growing up, Disneyland was, you know, and still is really the best place on earth to be. We'd go every year for my birthday and we would stay at the Disneyland Hotel when I was a kid. It was really, really magical. So all things Disney. I love it. All things Disney, all the time. That's what it's like here at the Tucker household. (laughs) If you spent any time here, you would know that we usually communicate in Disney songs. uh, And we don't always sing the right words. um, But we do express ourselves with the heart of Disney. So... The heart of Disney, speaking of that, Pixar's brand new film, Onward, we saw it last night. Last night. Oh my gosh. That feels like forever ago. (laughs) So we saw it last night and we saw it at the AMC, um, one of the AMCs out here that has a Dolby theater, which like the picture and the sound, it's not IMAX, it's not quite as big, but it's it's the same kind of like experience because it's... um, a little bit extra. <laughs> um, but so we saw it in that, and I'm really glad we did um, because the film is, it's phenomenal. Yeah, it's really, you know, it's unlike anything that I think we've seen from Pixar in a long time, but it also is so patently Pixar that it's, I mean, it's just, it's such a great experience. And I had never seen anything in the Dolby Theater before not the Dolby Theater in Los Angeles, but in the Dolby surround sound. Right. I don't think I actually, I, I may have maybe once. Yeah. And so it was a really neat experience and this world is so immersive. So it was, it was really cool to feel like we were really in it. Yeah. And it is an immersive world. It's a totally different, I completely agree because I, f- I feel like, I completely agree with the fact that it's like a, it's something new that we haven't really seen because with we have seen magic um and i hadn't really connected this before but like i would almost say the world that it seems closest to is maybe brave oh yeah i could see that in a way you know because of the the will of the wisps and the magic that we see used in that movie um it's still a completely different world because there's unicorns and there's you know the it's the the unicorn and dragon you know magical staff 
type magical world with you know elves and fairies and um but it's it's a bright world colorful lots of really like fantastic sparkly purple <laughs> so much purple so much purple which i was not upset about i love the color purple no, it was great it was great it was great um but i so we'll talk a little bit about we try not to do a ton of spoilers um but if you haven't seen the movie yet just know that there may be things here or there um but we won't we won't talk about like major plot points on this episode but if you haven't seen it yet just know there may be a few things that most of the stuff we'll talk about i think you've probably seen on the on the trailer i yeah yeah for the most part um one thing i will say this is not a spoiler i cried for about 10 minutes i (laughs) amanda can vouch for that can confirm (laughs) can confirm no i cried for about 10 minutes it is one of the most moving films about family and about brotherhood and about what it means to have meaningful familial relationships in a modern world. Yeah, I think that's what was so interesting to me because, you know, even just hearing you talk about this world where there's magic and it's kind of fantastical, I love there's this juxtaposition between that and kind of the world that we live in today. And I think because of that, it's able to really frame these relationships in a relatable way, even though there's, there is so much magic and there are so many kind of fantastical things happening. Um, but yeah, the story is absolutely beautiful. I definitely cried quite a bit myself. Yeah. And it's like, I think the point about like the juxtaposition is so interesting because the setup, and this is like in the prologue, I think it might even, they may even say it, say it in the trailer, but like the world that they're setting up is one that was magical and now has sort of lost its way because of modern conveniences like the light bulb or airplanes or cars or cell phones that there's this sense that the world that we live in, the world that the characters inhabit, at least, you know, anyway, has has sort of lost its... I don't know. It's it's sparkle. Yeah. It, well, the characters, and this is kind of a recurring theme, and I, I don't think I'm giving too much away by saying this, but I think one of the character development pieces throughout the movie is, you know, really these creatures, these people, or, yeah, creatures, I guess, mm-hmm. would be the right way to say that, right. uh, are continually having to kind of reach down inside of themselves and get back in touch with who they are kind of on a base level. And I think it's it's talking about that on a character level. Um, it talks about that on kind of the level of this entire world where, you know, I think we can all relate to that a little bit too, where technology is so pervasive and, you know, um, it's just, it's a cool idea that there are these values, there are these things that it's really important to get back in touch with and, and keep in touch with to stay true. Yeah. And that's, so that's like a lot about the thematic, like thematically kind of like what the world is and like what the themes are, but we can also talk about the performances and Chris Pratt, holy crap. I mean, I think we were 30 minutes into the movie and I grabbed you by the arm and I said, he is so perfect. He's so perfect. He is honestly kind of channeling some of his Parks and Rec character. Yeah. 
And um, I'm totally fine with that because that show was amazing. And Amanda, you've been kind of rewatching that or were, I think, recently. So it was nice to get to see him, I don't know, play that same lovable, kind of like dorky, you know, over-eager character. Yeah, like dorky, over-eager, and owning it. Oh my uh, God. Which he, is... He, that's one thing Chris Pratt does. He yeah. owns everything that he does. And seeing seeing him or hearing him, I guess, in this role, oh my God, it's he's so perfect. Like... Yeah, just... He is the character. It is so amazing. Like, the character physically really reflects what he's doing as well but uh yeah he's just amazing and then tom holland was also incredible i thought he did an amazing job as uh ian oh yeah the what's interesting about ian and uh, we didn't mention this but chris pratt's character's name is barley lightfoot is their last name and then julia louis dreyfus plays the mom and she's perfect but as she is in like everything but tom holland the thing that's interesting about tom holland's performance in this is that he's so good in it that you don't even notice the acting at all right like he just blends into the world so perfectly and i know we just sound like a fanboy and a fangirl over here and we do love (laughs) pixar we do love disney you'll be hard-pressed to find people that love it more but it is truly difficult um to be critical of this movie because i for one thing, I had such an emotional connection to the characters. Yeah. To Ian and Barley's relationship, to each other and to their mom, and to, you know, as you've seen from the trailer, half of their dad. <laughs> <laughs> Which is really funny. The 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 story, the plot itself, the writing, the screenplay, right? Like the dialogue is fantastic. The arcs of the characters. One thing that Pixar does so well is it sets up characters that we feel strongly for right? That we feel strongly about. We, mm-hmm. we connect to them. We are on the journey with them, but they don't always do it in a way that we fully expect. Like there's a moment where, and I don't want to spoil anything, but I'll just say there's a moment where you think magic is going to help and it, and it doesn't. Yeah. And you go, oh my God, that's Pixar. Right. Yeah. I, I mean, I am not someone who cries easily at movies and I am. <laughs> but that being said, I cried for like 10 minutes. Uh, but yeah, it really, you know, in, in the classic Pixar way, I think the emotional connection is there the entire time, but they never cease to take it that next step. And really, like, not only do you have the buy-in with these characters in the story, but uh, they do such an amazing job of surprising you in the way that... Um, you feel so connected to those characters and it almost it surprised me how connected I was by the end of it. So it's it's really amazing. Yeah. It's it's really great. And like we said, Julia Louis Dreyfus plays the mom. Um and you know, she's great in everything. She's so wonderful in Veep. You know, we all got to know and love her from Seinfeld. But as this animated, like eager mother who's wants the best for her children, but is also trying to navigate being, she's trying to navigate being a single mother while also dating after the death of their father. And what's really interesting about this movie too is that it takes the idea, and Amanda, actually you were the one that brought this up, so this is not my original thought, but the idea of what a modern family is 
And if you've watched any of that show, also a Disney property, technically, ABC's Modern Family, but if you've watched any of that show, you know that what they're trying to show is that the, the Modern Family is not any specific kind of Modern Family, right? It's like there's a, there are families with two dads. There's a family with you know, just a mom. There's a family that's raised by, you know, the grandparents or whatever. Like there's multi-generational families. And I think one thing that that you said after the the movie last night was like, and it was so it was such an insightful moment for me, was like I hadn't really picked up on that. Like that what they're showing too is that this relationship between the brothers can be different than can have multi multiple layers to it. So it's like there is a way in which we are to each other more than just that one role. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like I can be more than just a brother to my siblings. Yeah, and I, I think it's a really beautiful statement about how the people that are your support system in your life uh, aren't always, you know, the people that hold that quote-unquote title, mm-hmm. right? Um, so it just really reinforces that it's important to have that support system. It's important to have those people in your life. Uh, but that love and that support might come from unexpected places. And it, it's just really such a beautiful message. And I think it's so important, uh, you know, as we grow as a society. And, you know, I, I think that th- that idea is becoming more and more accepted in the mainstream. And I just, I really love that so much. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and thank our sponsors. On the other side, I say our sponsors, there's just one, but we're going to thank them so much. And then after the break, we're going to talk about the graphics, we're going to talk about the music, and we're also going to talk about the merch and the potential for um, sequels and Worlds of the Parks and everything like that. So there's a lot of fun stuff on the other side of the break, and we will see you there. And we are back. Okay. So we've already talked a lot about the theme. We talked a little bit about the characters and the actors and some of the plot. Tried trying to stay away from the plot. It's it, it is tricky doing a review this close to the opening because a lot of people haven't seen it yet and I we really do not want to spoil this film for anyone because it is so good, but we also want you to have a chance to hear a review, you know. So if 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 that's something you like to do before going to the movie. So, all right. Now we are going to talk about the graphics, the music, and kind of the world of Onward, mm-hmm. and a little bit about the merch and potential for sequels and stuff. Okay, first of all, the graphics. It's Pixar. Like, I don't know what else to say <laughs> at this point. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely beautiful. So, just like we were talking about, you know, so immersive um, and just so detailed. I think, you know, we've been watching uh, the Imagineering story on Disney+. Plus. I don't know if anyone out there has been watching that, I'm sure. Yeah, I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before. Yeah, but there's one episode where they talk about the fourth level of detail, uh, a la Walt Disney, and I feel like even though Pixar, you know, has kind of had a separate journey, uh, that really is still exemplified in these films where, you know, every single hair, every single, you know, detail in any room that the characters are in, it's just, it's so beautifully crafted and and so consistent. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, completely agree. Um, it's a very, you know, I said it's a very bright film, and it is at times. It's a very colorful film, might be a better way to put it, mm -hmm. because the actual tone of the film at times in terms of the lighting of the scenes is actually quite dark because a lot of the film takes place, the, the film takes place over the course of 24 hours. And if you're a uh, screen screenwriting or novel writing, you know, nerd, you may know that that was what um, way back in the day Aristotle said was like, that's what you should do. You should write a story that takes place within 24 hours. And I hadn't actually made the connection until right now, but they follow like <laughs> the steps of story writing so freaking well. And the end is both somehow when you get to it, inevitable and totally surprising too. Like it's a surprise, but also when you get to it, you're like, yeah, that makes like, that's where we were headed. Yeah. And the graphics take you there so immaculately. Like it's, the, the, there is a lot, there's a lot of purple, but there's also just a lot of like, it feels very like 80s inspired. It feels very driven by this return to like, like anthem rock, you know, mm -hmm. like Barley, his song, like his van. Okay, Guinevere, I want Guinevere. I want a purple van with a unicorn on it <laughs> now. And, um, you know, so there's that, his music that he plays in the car. So to kind of transition from, like, talk a little bit about the graphics and the music at the same time. The music he plays in the car is so fun. Feels it's, very 80s rock. Yeah, it's epic. Oh, is, yeah, epic. Is the word that yes. comes to mind immediately. Yes. And the movie is epic. Yeah. You know, and to kind of, again, kind of fishtail going from the graphics to the music to the world itself and, like, the the tie-ins that Disney now and Pixar now have with this world, it's almost like it was engineered for beautiful, wonderful merch because the they already have a book. Um, so Barley's character is a really big Dungeons and Dragons nerd, and he plays these like you know Dungeons and Dragons games, and he goes on these quests and yeah, it's called quests of lore. Yeah, it's in called the movie, quests of lore in the movie. Yeah, you exactly. Know, that's that's what. They're... Yeah, it's D and D. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, or like Settlers of Catan or something. You know, it's that same kind of feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it is. It's it's this epic tale it's this epic quest and he is just such a big part of driving that forward and kind of embodying the feeling of that and you know Guinevere is amazing the music like we mentioned incredible some of the things that he's done as he's fixed Guinevere up are really funny and they kind of come into play Guinevere's such a great name for a van first can we talk about how great a name Guinevere is for I mean it's a perfect. van especially for like a magical van. <laughs> Not, it doesn't give anything away, but. No, and he refers to her as his steed, his mighty oh steed. Oh my God, his mighty steed. We're going to be quoting Barley, I think, for the rest of our lives. Yeah. There's absolutely. especially like a couple of lines. And this actually, we didn't say this earlier. This might be the funniest film Pixar's ever made. I was laughing my butt off the whole movie. Yeah. Especially it, the first half. It did. It kept, because I think Pixar is really good at layering in the comedic with the serious mm -hmm. and and kind of that buy-in that we were talking about earlier. But yeah, I think this is one of the only 
Pixar movies I can recall where I was chuckling pretty much the entire time. Yeah, it like was, LOLing, you know, yeah. like like throughout yeah. the whole movie. I mean, you think back to some of the Pixar films and they all have some level of humor. Like even in the movies where we cry in the first 10 minutes, looking at you up, like there's still so much funny stuff with Doug and with the other dogs, you know, the alpha dog with his squeaky voice and Kevin I mean, the whole thing is, there's a lot of really funny points, but the movie itself is like full of this like deep meaning and deep feeling and Onward feels that same way, Yeah. but even funnier. Yeah. Yeah. That's sort of how, where I was going with that. There's a laugh pretty consistently Mm -hmm. through it. Even, you know, if there's a really serious moment, they tend to do a really good job. Like a dramatic or adventure or, you know, epic moment. There's like laughter in it. And then they they punctuate it really nicely with... (laughs) You know, I know of, what moment you're talking about, and it's such a great it's moment. It's so funny. <laughs> um, but we uh, immediately went and got some of the merch. <laughs> we did. Um, I do want to say, too, that we, on the way to go look at merch, right. definitely played the Brandy Carlisle song that was Oh, written. my God. The credit song is by Brandy Carlisle. If you haven't heard it yet, go listen to it. It's up right now on Apple Music. I will put a link to it in the show notes, um, so you can just go click on it and listen to it right now. So good. I've listened to it multiple times today, actually during the day, like over the course of the last 24 hours, I've now listened to the song several times. Disney's killing it with the music. And on uh, a previous episode, if you heard it, I talked about the new Christina Aguilera song from Mulan. They killed it with that one. Yeah. And you pointed out to me, I'll let you say it because I think it's really cool about Christina Aguilera and the Mulan. Oh, yeah. So we were talking about it and... uh... The tie-in, yeah. And I said, oh, that's so interesting that they had Christina Aguilera do the song for the updated Mulan because she sang um, Reflection for the original animated movie. So Yeah, and I did not know that. And so I was like, oh my, it was like a mind-blown moment. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, that's perfect. I still remember that original Reflection music video that they did. It was like all half animated. Right. She was wearing her jean jacket that I totally had, you know. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I thought that was a really nice nod to the fact that she was a part of the original uh, production of it. It was really neat. Yeah. And there's references in the lyrics, you know, like, should I ask myself in the water? Uh Uh-huh. You know, that moment when she looks at her reflection and... Yeah. It's just really cool. That's great. It's really, really cool. So the quests of... The quests of yore, we got that book... We already have the book. What I want now is the actual game. I want to be able to play because there's like cards in the game that uh, that Barley uses in the movie. And he uses the game to kind of like figure out their way, Barley and Ian's way throughout this like quest. Because they're on a quest, you know, to bring back their dad. I mean, that's in the trailer. Like that's the whole point of the movie is they want to bring back their dad. Yeah. And one thing that doesn't really spoil anything, but that kind of helps tie those two things in, is that this game that he loves and is so obsessed with magic and he's so passionate about it um, is actually based on this history that they come from, this past where magic was real. Uh, So it's such a cool tie-in because he's able to kind of help in that way. Um, But yeah, I mean, if they... If that game is for sale anywhere, we are going to own it. Oh yeah, so fast. And if if it is, I don't know how I don't own it yet. Cause yeah, no, we uh, we have already searched high and low, and we will continue to look. I'm sure Neil will keep you all posted uh, if we are able to find it. <laughs> because we will play it, and we will probably have to do a podcast. Uh, 
where we play the game because and a full episode where we play the game because um, it's not available. They do have some. They do have some other really cool stuff. One thing, another thing that I'll say about the quests of your book is that it's not just like a book that tells you know like if you've ever seen a traditional D and D book, you know it talks about the different kinds of characters and what their pros and cons are, the things that they're really good at. It gives you a little bit of their history and their mm-hmm. story. So it does have that, but it also has like these other side stories in it. It's got notes in it that are written, you know, in the hand of Ian and Barley. So it like you get the whole story. Yeah. There's props, uh, pic- like essentially you'll see it. Like once once you see the movie, you'll get it. But there's like, you know, a menu from a restaurant in it. And then like duct taped, you know, quote unquote duct taped in the book. And like, so there's some really fun nods to the movie that make the book itself feel immersive too. I mean, it just, I was like, beaming last night going through the book it's just like grinning ear to ear because we had just experienced this magical movie magical in so many ways and then i got the book because i was like i want to continue to experience this and like just you know that immersive world i want it here you know i want it to be part of our world and so that the book actually does such a good job of that yeah no it really does it's beautiful i love the annotations um, and it has that feel. I think it even says that it's written by Ian and Barley. So yeah, they've got like a thing on the front, like again, like duct taped on the that oh, like that, throughout. That yeah, they wrote it. That they is, wrote it exactly. So yeah, wow. really, really cute. Um, and they have a little golden book for it. So if you have if you have little kids, or if you're like us and don't have kids but still want the book, um, or <laughs> Funko Pops, they've got Ian, they've got Barley, they've got the dad, and they've got um, the Manticore. Yes. Um, who is seriously, it's Octavia Spencer. Oh, so good. She's perfect too. I know we just sound like fanboys right now. Like I, fanboy and fangirl, I know that. When you see the movie, you will get it. You'll be like, oh, you're right. There's not a whole lot to criticize here because there's just not. No, I I honestly can't think of a specific moment that Where I, I was, was like, taken. no, this I was taken out of it. Yeah. Or like this was this was poorly written or sloppy dialogue or something. No, it's so polished. It's it's, it's so polished. Yeah, it's amazing. Man, they killed it. So all of that being said, talking about wanting the world to continue on. Yes. Are we hoping or thinking that they're going to do a sequel? A sequel. I would love to see a sequel. I, I said this on a previous episode. I think it was on the last episode that, you know, I love franchises. Some people don't. Some people are like, I want the one movie and let's move on. You know, like there's no at least no theatrical release to a lot of Disney films. But then there are, like Cars is, um, is and Toy Story are two huge examples that of franchises that were theatrical release. Right. You know, like there are others that have sequels that were not theatrical release. Like there's some Aladdin movies. There's like there's like a Bambi 2. Right, There's right. like Fox and the Hound 2. Like a lot of these weren't theatrical released, theatrically released, like out in movie theaters. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that you would necessarily call that like a full-on Disney franchise or a Pixar franchise, but I could see Onward being that. And there's some locations in the movie that I could absolutely see, like the Manticore's Tavern. I could see that being an actual restaurant at Disney in the same way that... Oh, yeah. Yeah, in the same way that like Cars Land, like you you go there and you're like, I'm there, I'm at Cars, like I'm in Cars. Like I could see their town being that too like whether it's the high school or the restaurants or whatever yeah oh yeah i would i would love to be able to walk through that world i would love to see the unicorn raccoons that would be oh my god the unicorns play the role of raccoons in this 
they're world. Just, they're just like these pests, and it's so. Oh funny. my god, it's so funny! It's so funny. If you haven't seen, if you haven't actually even seen the trailer yet, we basically just described the trailer. But like, yeah. go. I'll I'll do I'll do in the show notes. I will do a link to the trailer, and I'll I'll do a link to the Brandy Carlisle song so that yeah. you can go listen to that too. And actually, I might do that a, a link to that on YouTube instead of Apple Music, so that if you don't have Apple Music, you can just go listen to the song. If if there's a YouTube link, so hopefully there will be. That is all for today. I know this was a, an extra long episode, um, but it was special because you know we just saw the movie and we had a special guest. Well, we were clearly very excited. We could. We were. We couldn't wait. It. I was like, we've got to do this today, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Um, I hope that you enjoyed this podcast, even maybe a fraction as much as we enjoyed doing it, because <laughs> we obviously had fun doing it. And um, please, uh, if you get a moment, rate this podcast. I would love it if you would rate it five stars. I mean, I'm not trying to push you in one direction or the other, but that would be awesome. And uh, that's it for today. And I will see you guys next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. That's it for another episode of D is for Disney, the podcast. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.